Hello again, and welcome to another episode of Rethinking Rehab with Dr. Shane Smith. I'm a licensed physical therapist practicing out of Naples, Florida, and have been for about the last 10 years. I can work with both the orthopedic and neurologic population groups, and today's podcast is going to go specifically into the more orthopedic-based issues, and that is everything you need to know about the knee. Many people out there listening struggle with knee pain, whether it be standing knee pain, walking, going upstairs. Uh, Sometimes it's just the knee hurts all the time for no reason. And I wanted to give some clarification on what is causing your knee to hurt, why is it hurting, and just some easy fixes that will help with a lot of knee-based issues. Knees are a common orthopedic joint that gets surgical interventions prescribed quite regularly to it, as well as a common area that steroid-based injections are prescribed commonly for, uh, which both have merit at times, but most of the time, if not half the time, both of these interventions are not needed and or overused, which potentially is setting you up for further problems in the joint that will have to be dealt with only surgically later. So it's really important when you're looking at your knees and dealing with knee pain to try to resolve these issues independently on your own before seeking surgical or injection-based care. Um, So let's just get into it, shall we? Um, The knee, it is the joint in the middle of your leg. It bends and it also does a slight bit of rotation. The knee is made up of a few bones. The femur is the large bone on your upper leg that attaches to your hip. The tibia is the lower leg bone that predominantly makes up your knee joint. It is about 85% of the joint area force goes through. And the patella will be your kneecap, as well as the fibula is the small lower leg bone that is out on the side that has just a small percentage of weight that goes through it. So primarily when we're talking about the knee joint, it's the femur, the tibia, and the patella. Those are our three bony players when it comes to the knee. Those bones can have trauma to them. They can have fractures to them. There are potential problems that can occur from the bones with arthritis-based issues on the cartilaginous surfaces of the knee joint. That's mainly going to be affecting our older population with a lot of quote-unquote wear and tear with life. You do have two cushioning agents in between these bones referred to as your meniscus. You have a medial on the inside part of your knee, meniscus, and a lateral meniscus. Just think of these two structures as cushions that help with force through the knee joint. Uh, and very often have damage to them, which gets put you in the surgical category when it's not necessarily needed with meniscus. There are some meniscus tears that do require surgery. If it's more of a bucket tear or a portion of your meniscus is catching in the joint, that would be walking, bending. You feel just this grab or tear kind of feeling deep in the knee joint that very well could be from a meniscus tear. Um, The other structures of the knee that you should be aware of are the ligaments that hold it all together. So we have four major ligaments which are connective tissues that connect bone to bone. That's what makes up a ligament. You've got your anterior cruciate ligament, the ACL. You have the posterior cruciate ligament, which is the PCL. You've got a medial collateral ligament, your MCL. And lastly, your lateral collateral ligament, your LCL. So the two 
ACL and PCL cross in the middle of the knee joint and prevent the lower part of your leg, the tibia, from sliding too far forward or sliding too far back in the joint. That is why typically with athletes cutting and decelerating, we see damage to these ligaments. The medial and the lateral collateral ligaments run on the inside and the outside portions of the knee, and they help also with lateral movement control with the knee. Finally, we have muscles that surround and control the knee joint. So we have our calf musculature that's on the backside, the gastroxoleus complex. That crosses the backside of our knee. We have our four hamstring muscles, which tendons cross the backside of our knee as well. We have our quadriceps muscle that attaches into our patella, which makes up the patella tendon that runs in the front of the knee, just below the patella bone itself. You have adductor muscles that run on the inside portion of your knee that squeeze the knees together. And you have a lateral band of extremely dense tight tissues called your IT band. This is connected into your TFL, your tensor fascia lata muscle up near the pocket, the lateral outside part of your hip. And this is virtually the entirety besides some fluid sacs and some fat pads that make up your knee. So these are all the structures that are going on in the knee. And any one of these issues or any one of these tissues can have issues with them that can cause pain and dysfunction for our bodies. So one of the first things I'll get out of the way, it's the elephant in the room when it comes to knees, is my weight a factor with my knee pain? And the question I would ask you is, how much do you weigh? Do you feel that you're overweight? Many patients I deal with that are overweight do deal with knee pain. This is an unfortunate reality as we weigh more, there is more compressive load on our body. And any joint that is under excessive load for an extremely long duration of time will break down faster. You typically won't see as much osteoporosis or bone weakness in overweight individuals. They typically have very high bone density due to the increased load on the bones. However, they absolutely can look at arthritis issues faster and meniscus breakdown much quicker. Both of these issues will give you constant pain with walking, standing, or any movement-related tasks due to the amount of time your knee tissues are under load. Typically with someone overweight, if you take a seat and your knee pain diminishes substantially from when it was standing, there's probably some factors involving your weight. What you don't know if you're overweight, has my weight on my knee been too big of a factor for too long to where the weight loss won't affect the knee pain? And I would tell you for that question, it varies person to person. I've had older individuals that have MRIs and x-rays showing moderate to severe osteoarthritis in their knee. They lose 20 plus pounds of weight. And even though the arthritis is still there, the amount of compression in the knee on those arthritic spots isn't as painful. So it's more tolerable. I've had other patients that have had this same issue that even with weight loss, knee pain is still present with prolonged standing or walking. So it can vary if you've had severe arthritis in your knee for let's say 10 plus years. If this is something new in the last year or two you've been dealing with your knee sore and hurting, you still have a window of opportunity to lose weight and allow for improvements in knee pain without any surgical interventions. You can also look 
at other issues that might be affecting your knee, giving you pain. So if your issues are more from exercise, such as running, biking, or, or doing something like stairs that you haven't in a while. I had a patient just last week tell me that they visited their daughter in New York and she lives on the sixth floor and they had elevator issues while she was up there. And thus going up and down six flights of stairs over the weekend inflamed her knee terribly. That doesn't always relate to structural problems. Just because you do something, you get knee pain doesn't mean you need surgery or the structure of your knee like in an arthritis situation we described before with excessive weight isn't the main problem. What you can look at in those situations is your muscles involved with movement and controlling the stairs are not used to that task. So another factor with knee pain, especially with a task you're not used to, is you need to look into the strength and overall mobility in the knee. These two areas both can give you knee pain. So if you haven't been able to do many stairs, maybe you live in South Florida like I do, and the amount of stairs and or hills you come across in a daily day is going to be pretty low. I mean, most buildings in Naples, for example, have elevators if they're more than one story. We have a larger elderly population, i.e. 65 plus, that retired in Naples because it's so beautiful and wonderful here, uh, especially in the winter months when it's cold up north. That's a high desirability for an older population to come down here. They're not going to want to deal with stairs and thus elevators are in in a while. If you're used to going up the elevator as opposed to using the stairs and you decide to use the stairs, it's not uncommon for your knees to hurt from something like that. It's a task your body's not used to. Practicing going up the stairs, practicing strengthening your hips as well as your knee muscles will allow that joint to be more stable, to be stronger when you do that task. So sometimes it's just practicing what's giving you problems if it's more of a strength issue. If you are a runner and you're dealing with pain and you seldomly stretch, this is one that I've experienced in the past myself. If I have gone any duration of time, maybe a month or so without running or doing much cardio-based exercising, and I decide to go for a run a couple days in a row, I'll notice my knees getting a little tighter, a little stiffer, a little more achy during and after the run. It's not that my legs aren't strong enough to run, it's that my quads and muscles around the knee have gotten tight because I, don't, I haven't stretched enough and I'm not used to doing the task. So another layer other than strength you can consider that could be contributing to your knee pain would be the flexibility of the muscles that cross your knees. Many people lack on the quantity of stretching they should and or need to do. Surveys through recent research I've read on frequency and duration of stretching shows that the vast majority of people, over half of them, comment that they feel that they are tight and don't do adequate or enough stretching. It's an unfortunate part of body wellness that many of us tend to overlook. And when it comes to the knee joint, this is a really important area not to overlook. Because we have almost every muscle group crossing the knee that is involved with knee joint movement, it's really important to make sure that these muscles have adequate length so that when they contract, relax, stretch, tighten, that it's not causing too much strain on the knee joint itself. Primarily, I see this either in the hamstrings, calf, or quads. Those are three really common muscle groups that get tight on people 
from prolonged sitting and lack of flexibility stretching. Um, to start with hamstring stretching and calf stretching, if there's more discomfort on the backside of the knee, those are typically your big muscles involved with it. If you're dealing with kneecap or discomfort in the front of the knee, underneath the kneecap near your joint line, and it's more of a stiff, tight pressure pain, then a lot of what you need to look at is calf, excuse me, quadriceps stretching. So the front thigh muscle. That can simply be done with standing, holding onto a support, and pulling your heel towards your butt, maximizing the amount of knee bend that you can comfortably. Another option would be to kneel and sit back on your heels as far as you can until you feel a good stretch in the front of your leg. Quadriceps tightness is a huge contributor to kneecap-based issues. If your kneecap is hurting or pain is around your kneecap, there is a very strong connection between tightness in your quadriceps muscle. And really the only thing to fix that is stretching it. Some discomfort can also be felt on the inside part of the knee that potentially could be due to a adductor or an inner groin muscle tightness. Uh, the two stretches I'd recommend for that one would be laying on your back with your feet close together and letting the knees rock to the sides as far as you can or um, doing a lunge to the side and trying to stretch to the side as far as you can so that the leg that's straight feels a nice stretch through the groin. Anytime you're looking at stretching, whether it be for your quads, your calves, your hamstrings, your adductors, you want to look at a 30 to 45 second hold. Um, some people like to set a timer to do this. Some people like to do it in terms of breaths. It's entirely up to you. If you do it on a timer, 30 to 45 seconds. If you do it with a breath, think five to 10 deep inhalations, slow exhalations. Each time you breathe out, think about going a little bit deeper into the stretch. We want stretching to be comfortable, to feel strong, but it shouldn't cause pain or any discomfort after stretching. Active movement, such as bending the knee, straightening the knee out, moving the hip around, all of that good stuff after stretching is always a good thing. Remember, the knee joint is a synovial fluid joint. Therefore, it has a liquid in there. And if you're dealing with some discomfort deep in the joint, heat can always be a helpful option. Getting some heat on the knee, whether it be going into a hot tub, taking a hot shower or bath, or just looking at some form of external heating blanket or rice pack, uh, 15 to 25 minutes is ideal for heating time. It shouldn't be so hot that it causes any burning to your skin, but it should be warm enough that you feel some deep heat in your knee, period. Once you get some heat through that joint, especially if you have a history of arthritis, any stretching, any exercise, any movement in general should feel better overall on your knee. Icing, unfortunately, is something that's overdone with knees and really just inhibits all the circulation you need for joint healing to occur. So icing is one thing that unless you have a fall on your knee or a strong trauma to it, you should try to avoid icing if you can. If your knee is swelling a lot and getting very, very puffy, then you want to look at some ice at that point to control that swelling inflammation. I also wanted to touch on why certain injections aren't good for the knees. So the most common injections that people will get for their knees has to do with cortisone. 
And cortisone is an anti-inflammatory that's been around forever, it seems like. And I can't give you all a good answer of why, but it is so overused and causes a lot of problems long-term for an extremely short-term fix. Most patients I talk to that have benefits from cortisone have benefits within a few days of the injection. So if you do in fact get a cortisone shot or have had a cortisone shot for your knees in the past, you're probably gonna have benefits from, will kick in sometimes day of, but usually it's a day to two days after your shot. So in the first three days from getting your shot in the knee, you should notice substantial pain reductions. If this is only lasting a very short time period, it's probably due to the severity of the arthritis of the joint. So it will reduce inflammation to your knee joint temporarily. However, in doing so, it causes a breakdown of collagen tissue, which is what forms the cartilage of our knee joint. So you are literally injecting yourself with a medication to quickly reduce the inflammation or irritation in the knee but in so doing that, you're also breaking down your actual barrier for future knee irritation. Many people have fallen in this cycle. I get an injection in my knee because it's got some arthritis and it hurts, feels great for a while, I do way more on it than I should, and what do you know in a matter of a few weeks, it's really bothering me again. So, three months after the first shot, you go back in for a second, seeing as how that was so helpful the first time, I better get another one. And this cycle will continue on and on and on until eventually the shot gives you no benefit and you're in such severe pain. The only option for you told by your doctor is we need to get a joint replacement now. That joint replacement was set up from the repetitive cortisone shots. You chose to continually break down your knee for temporary relief that will lend you to one final outcome and one outcome only, and that is that your knee joint will tear up severely to where you won't be able to live with it anymore, the cortisone won't help you, and you'll be forced at a knee replacement. An alternative shot I would strongly recommend if this sounds like something you've been dealing with with your knee <clears throat> is consider a lubricating agent called Synvisc and or look at PRP and or stem cell injections to the knee. Both of these options are very good in terms of research showing benefits with knee pain with functionality as well as improved mobility and strength in the knee due to a lack of pain. The best thing about both of these injections is they do not break down your knee any further. The Synvis, you can think more as a lubricating agent, so a common statement I've been given in the past from patients regarding their knee arthritis pain is, I feel like the Tin Man that needs some oil to their, to their joints. I'm squeaking, I'm not moving well, if I could just oil and lube up these joints, I'd feel great again. That's in a nutshell what the Synvisc injection gives you. It used to be a three-part series shot where most of my patients didn't benefit until at least the second or the third shot. However, now it's given in a larger form in a single shot and can also be done in conjunction with either PRP, which is plasma-enriched proteins, or stem cells. Both of these added injections have an immense benefit for your overall joint health because the PRP, which is a protein plasma that is in our blood, 
can help with healing up injured bone surfaces, as well as stem cell injections can actually show some improvements in cartilage regeneration. So stem cells do give you a slight opportunity. Doesn't work for everybody, but some people do notice with stem cells a noticeable healing into the joint. So lubricating an arthritic joint, giving it stem cells or PRP, are good options to look at as opposed to that consistent cortisone shot that will not give you long-term relief. It'll just give you a temporary benefit. If your joint is in good shape, if you're a younger individual, maybe in your 50s dealing with knee pain, and if your pain is occurring more with activities such as running, biking, or other physical exercise activities, I would strongly encourage you to look at balance-related exercises and or hip strengthening exercises. So your knee joint is entirely controlled by the hip and the ankle complex. So if you know from your own medical history that you have had issues with hip pain, bursitis, something affecting your hip muscles before, start there to alleviate some of the knee discomfort. Anything your hip does in terms of controlling where it's in space will affect how your knee joint works in space. Also, if you have restrictions with your ankles or feet, maybe you have very flat feet and wear orthotics, maybe you have very tight calves and don't have good ankle mobility, these factors of the ankle and feet will directly affect your knee over time. So that would be another area I would look at for you if you have a history of ankle foot restrictions or weakness in that area of your body. Any issue pain related in the knee has some derived factor to either the hip complex or the ankle foot complex. The knee is virtually a hinge joint in between those two control centers. So you really need to look at balance control, hip stability and control, and then consider going directly to the knee musculature and see if do I need to stretch or do I need to strengthen something in the knee. As stated earlier, most discomfort I see in the front of the knee that's more pressure, achy, sore, has a quadriceps involvement, the front thigh muscle. If you're a tight person, start with stretching that and see how that does with the knee. If you are not a very strong individual that doesn't like to resistance train, then I think that's probably the best place to start is with some generalized squatting, some generalized leg strengthening, stairs. Uh, smaller stairs are always good to start with as opposed to bigger stairs. Um, if it's more back of the knee pain, could very well be a hamstring uh, calf related problem since both of those muscles across the back of the knee. If it's directly in the center of the back of the knee, it very well could be something related to a bursa. So you have fluid sacs called bursas and sometimes if you push on the back side of the knee right near the joint area and it's very tender to pressure, there could be a little baker cyst or some extra fluid in one of those bursas back there that could be giving you problems. Over time, it should alleviate with adequate stretching and movement. However, if it doesn't, massage can be helpful with extra fluid in a baker cyst. And this is something that also can be drained. If you need your knee joint drained, if you feel like there's a lot of pressure in the knee, maybe you had some trauma, maybe you fell on it, potentially arthritis flare-ups can give you increased joint swelling. Some of those things can be drained if it's excessive. However, I do feel that a lot of knee-related issues are due to a weakness in muscles around the knee, tightness, muscles around the knee, or some control center problem at your ankle, foot complex, or the hip region. So taking into consideration how are my hips controlling my body, how are my ankles and feet controlling my body, 
how good is my balance if it's more of a movement based issue every time i seem to play golf or every time i seem to play tennis my knee hurts me you really need to look at those ankles feet as well as the hip centers because they're the ones that are really controlling what's going on in the knee Sometimes trying to determine for yourself what is the true cause of my knee pain. Is this a discomfort I can get over on my own or do I need to look at other intervention options? Going and getting assessment by a non-surgical specialist such as a physical therapist. Uh, sometimes chiropractic can be beneficial. Um, that will give a lot of the guesswork out and you will have better direction in terms of what it is specifically you need to work on for this specific problem. Uh, I do a lot of assessments on knees on a regular basis, whether it be preoperatively or postoperatively, or potentially just due to pain present. And the vast majority of those individuals uh, do very good once they get the direction they need in terms of you need to be stretching this and strengthening that because you have issues with A, B, and C. Um, I think starting with just trying to stand on one foot, how well do you balance? trying to look at some sidestepping, trying to look at some uh, ankle foot strengthening exercises, whether it just be calf raises or getting in the pool and doing some walking forward, backward, side to side in the water. These little activities and seeing where you have the most difficulty at can give you good insight in determining where you should start with your knee problems. Lastly, um, another alternative treatment option is cold light laser therapy. This uses light energy to help with healing to injured or irritated joints. So whether it be a tendonitis issue with some of the musculature we talked about, whether it be you know some meniscus damage that can happen either acutely with a move or a jump we don't expect that gives us more of a sharp, sharp pain in the knee joint. That's a lot of times meniscus related. Whether it be something achy, dull, sore that's always present like a tendonitis. Um, or an, a um, joint arthritis, looking at laser therapy or dry needling are both awesome options as well for care for this problem. Dry needling in research has shown an 80% increase in circulation to the joint, which is absolutely the number one thing needed to heal a injured joint is to get good blood flow and nutrients to it. So those will get you started on resolving whatever knee problem you may have tendonitis, meniscus, bone, bruise, damage, which just as a fun fact for everyone takes about six months to heal. So if you've had a terrible fall or hit your knee very hard on something that you don't think you've damaged any of the ligaments, the meniscus or the muscles, it could just be a bone bruise that can be very painful and last six months. All right, everybody, that's all I got for this Monday. Have a great rest of your day. Stay healthy, stay active, keep stretching, keep strengthening, and I'll talk to you guys next week. Take care.